Hey, this is Clifton Fair, LMHC and Executive Coach. Welcome to Cliff Notes. We will be covering a myriad of topics ranging from executive and leadership challenges, as well as our own human existence, running the gamut between being a human being as well as being a leader within organizations. Stay tuned, show up, listen, watch. We want to make sure that you capture everything that we provide on this show because it's going to help make you better. So welcome to Cliff Notes. We have a special guest with us. We have Miss Gabby Delgado, and she is a brand specialist as well as a up-and-coming rising star in the legal technology industry. Gabby, did I say that right? <laughs> yeah. Perfect, sure. perfect. Well, welcome. Really appreciate you coming to the show. Thank you. I'd like for you to tell our, our viewers a couple of things about you that maybe they should know. In regards to what, Cliff? Well, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to actually capture um, maybe your professional, uh, your current professional standings or, or position. Yeah. So I am currently a marketing specialist at a legal technology company. Um, I also do uh, brand management, social media for a local band here in Austin. Um, What's the name of that band? They're called NOLO. NOLO. NOLO, yeah. Not NOLA, but NOLO. NOLO, yeah. Got it. N-O-L-O, you want to send a shout out? Mm -hmm. No one knows what it means. Um, I don't either, but they're they're pretty good, so you should check them out. Um, what kind of music is that, if you don't mind me asking? It's like pop punk okay. alternative right. stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been doing marketing for about five years, and I really love it. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you again for spending some time with us today. I uh, really appreciate that. You've had just a, uh, a a whirlwind of a career. Uh, I would say, you know, you started off doing some work in various industries, and I'm wondering if you could maybe kind of like put some pins in a couple of those places along the way for us. Yeah. So I uh, was a barista in. <laughs> in high school that's Love what those. I did yeah. um those I are had, necessary by the way folks you need a barista you do yeah. um so I make good coffee but uh I had to drop out of high school for personal reasons and then uh after I got over those I started working in behavioral health as a mental health technician um and then after that I went into billing and I was doing billing for a while um, I had no high school diploma and I had no direction, so I was just trying out everything. Um, and so after billing, I got recruited to be on the marketing team as a social media manager and did that, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and in that process, I learned a lot from all of the different departments that I was working with and sort of rounded out my skill set so that I could apply to other places, and that's how I eventually got my position as a marketing specialist. The amount of tenacity it took for you to actually go from not having a high school diploma to now being a, a success in your own respect and right, as well as in various industries, um, what was the the motivating factor that kept you engaged in taking the next step and, and not so much captured by fear? That's something I don't know where that comes from. I've always had this like very intense uh like passion about being the best at everything that I did. Um, I don't know if there's one motivating factor. I mean, obviously money is a big one. 
Um, <laughs> that's a big that's thing. That's a big one, right? <laughs> uh, but I love, like, I just absolutely love learning and pushing myself in every respect and doing all of those jobs and, and shadowing all of those people and learning as much as I could. That was something that was genuinely enjoyable for me. And so I think that's where that motivation comes from is like, what new thing can I learn and be good at? That hunger that you have is something that I, I know a lot of uh, leaders hope that they their, their staff and their team would actually embody, uh, but it's somewhat innate for you. You you mentioned that you were, you know, you actually did, uh, you did a lot of work on you in order to give yourself the best opportunity to, to grow into some of these opportunities, right? Yes. Um, are you willing to kind of like give the audience uh, some insight into uh, how that that personal battle or those personal uh, that personal work that they need to do for themselves could possibly be impeding on their their own professional development yeah I mean it it's sort of dependent on on what your battles are I think but um, mine were I mean I had a myriad of things going on I had <laughs> <laughs> I had, you know, we all have our personal struggles, but I had, you know, mental health issues, dependency issues, co-occurring disorders, and I had some trauma that I had to deal with. Just a ton of things that were thrown at me that sort of, I mean, that's why I had to take that break, but um, that break was so important to, like, help me get over those things and, and develop into the person that I needed to be, but... You know, while I was working, I was still dealing with all of those things. I had um, mental health issues and all these things, and I had to, to actually go to therapy for a long time, work on myself for a long time so that I could show up in my everyday life. Um, to keep it together, not just to be present, but to also keep it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. keep it together. I mean, like, there's been instances where I was at work. Like, I used to work at a vape shop before I got my one job. That was one of my jobs, but... Um, like when I was not working on myself, like there's several times that I can recall that I had like full mental breakdowns, mm -hmm. like in the bathroom mm -hmm. because I wasn't doing that work on myself. So like like the bandwidth wasn't you didn't have the bandwidth to kind of keep going from challenge to challenge in the workplace because it was because bleed over. yeah, okay. yeah, because of my my outside things that were happening. And of course, no one at work knows right. like. You're struggling with all of these things. They're just um, expecting you to make the next cup of coffee. Or exactly. Deal with yeah. the next client issue or problem, customer issue. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that was something that I had to to work on, and and I still work on it every day. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there are times where I have really really shitty days at work, and I just have to, you know, take a time, like take a step, take a breather, take a time out, and realign myself so that I can show up the best way that I. The way that I can. I feel like a lot of people, especially post pandemic and definitely during the pandemic, really didn't understand and know how to take that break, right? So, you being a person who's grown tremendously on the other side of the history that you've, uh, you've been, you were exposed to as a child, teenager, and then to be someone who is a success in our own respected right, um, but having done the work to grow to that place. Um, you understand, know, and appreciate not only how to take breaks, but why they're important. 
if you were speaking to someone who's like watching the show right now, I'm wondering what would that, what would you, how, how would you paint that picture for them as to what a break looks like and what they should be working to kind of get from that, that respective break? Yeah. Um, so I have different ways of like out or, you know, lashing out in ways that I like recognize that I need a break. Um, so those you have the flags that come up. From I have you. red flags. Yeah, yeah, is okay. what it is. Got like you. they'll start. Um, like I know if I'm being avoidant in my work, that's not something that I typically do. So I know if I'm like um, ignoring it completely, or if I'm yelling at my computer, or if I'm getting angry at people around me, like irritable, irritable, discontent, discontent all right, the things. Right, right, right. Um, that's when I typically recognize that I need a break. Luckily, the the company that I work for now, they have a really, really good company culture. And, like, they give you stipends for mental health days. They give you unlimited PTO. They emphasize, you know, taking reset time, which I'm really appreciative of because not a lot of companies do that. No, not at all. When that happens, like, it's just about communication and letting your supervisors or your managers know, like, hey – I need a breather. I'm going to take an hour lunch. And like also on the managers and the supervisors to like respect that boundary. Like it's a mutual thing. Um, so that's what I do. And, and during that time, like I'll shut off everything. I don't look at my phone. I don't look at my computer. I like just chill out. Maybe I'll play a video game because that's like a really good de-stressor for me. Um, and I just reset myself and, you know, maybe eat some food too. Yeah, nourish yourself. Yeah, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's awesome is that I hear you doing a lot of intentional work, right? Uh, whether it's the intentional work and the growth that you've amassed, or the intention that you put behind taking an hour lunch break, or you know, making sure that you actually create or carve out some space for yourself um, throughout the course of your workday. That that sounds like that's something that's super important. Um, that you're trying to convey to the audience also right now. So I really appreciate that part. Do it with intention, folks. Don't half-ass it. Do everything with intention. Say it again. Do everything with intention. She said everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gabby, I uh, I know that, you know, we wanted you to come on the show because we wanted to kind of take a peek into what it looks like and feels like for uh, that up-and-coming professional to master their world so that they can uh, create space for the the possibilities that are to come. Where would you say you are right now in, in navigating that? You know, I'm like 50% there. Um, so, I mean, you can always go higher than that once you get there. But Absolutely. Um, for where I want to be right now, I'm about 50% there. But as far as self-mastery, you can't become a master of your work unless you rely on other people. So you need to be able to humble yourself and reach out to people. You're never going to be a master of anything. And I've learned that the hard way. Like <laughs> I've done some some bad work and then I have or work that I think's great and then I have people be like, "Oh, that's not what I'm looking for." Mm-hmm. Um the only way that I've gotten to where I am with no accreditation, no credentials, is relying on other people and saying and being open to be teachable. And that's really hard for me. Like, I'm terrible at 
you know, with people teaching me stuff, like I get angry and I get frustrated because I'm someone who like likes that instant gratification. And if I don't learn it, I'm like, oh, I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. I can't learn this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say like make connections with people, learn about what they do, like take an active interest in everyone around you so that you can learn from them because maybe they know something that you don't know mm-hmm. and then they can teach you and then you'll know that thing and then it'll make you better at your job. Like you can't be the best at your job by just relying on yourself. We, we become models for the people that are coming, coming behind us, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a young lady, uh, a young girl that's out there somewhere that's trying to wrestle with their current situation and circumstance and they can't see beyond the end of their nose, the end of this thought. What would be that message that you would tell her today while she's growing through those challenges that you've overcome? I would say that I, one, I relate to you. Um, Something that I really struggle with, I have a really hard time picturing and visualizing the future. I set goals for myself in writing, um, saying like, I wanna be here, but it's hard for me to imagine that path in order to get there. and I don't do it very much. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think about that very much. What I think about is staying present and thinking about how I can show up today. Like that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, and if you're, you know, in that situation, just think about what you can do today mm-hmm. to like either, you know, become better in your workplace or improve your mental health or, you know, whatever it is, like what's one thing that you can do for yourself today in order to become a better version of yourself? You know, along with uh, along with some of those limiting beliefs or challenges that people are currently struggling with, they, they're also living under glass ceilings that have been created through society or they, maybe their environment, right? Something like... Uh, not having a high school diploma, you know, that works right in there um, because oftentimes people kind of like shut down when they hit that wall of rejection or what they believe to be um, inadequacy, you know, and sometimes self-imposed more often than not. How do you deal with that? How did you deal with that? What do you have to say about not having a diploma but still being able to reach this uh, level of success? Yeah, um, not having a diploma is not the only glass ceiling that I had to break, Cliff. (laughs) There were more. There was a lot. There was many glass ceilings. Um, Like, number one, I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. Number two, I was really young when I started working full time. Like, Mm -hmm. I was, you know. How young were you? I mean, I started working at, like, 15, but... um, you know, I was kicked out of the house at 18. So I was supporting myself, yeah. um, paying my bills, yeah. like doing that stuff. So um, I was really young. I was, I didn't have a high school diploma. Um, I, you know, I had mental health issues that were very evident because um, I have like scars on my body and stuff. Like there's just a lot of things that were, that people saw me and they were like, oh, she's not going to get anywhere. And you know, the wild part about when you said the scars on your body, you had scars that were internal that people were still able to see because you were like they were just so uh, prevalent 
you yeah. know, for you, on you, with you, right? Yeah. I mean, you knew me at that time. You knew that I was just like unsure and angry all the time. And like people could see that. They could feel it. Whenever I walked into a room, they're like, oh, she's pissed off. It's dark like, in here, right? <laughs> It's dark <laughs> it in here. real dark. Um, but yeah, there were, there were a lot of ceilings that I had to break. I mean, the biggest thing that I found was helpful was the limiting beliefs. I have them all the time. I still have them. I still struggle with that. Um, but I choose to surround myself with people who see better in me. Um, you know, I've been put in positions at work where people did not see the best in me. They were like, you're, you know, well, dirt bag mm -hmm. like you don't belong mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. type situation marginalized minimized yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. and those were were hard times like they were very hard um but that's when that skill that i built of like leaning on the people around me reaching out to that community and that circle that i built was really valuable because i was able to you know remove myself from those situations if i couldn't resolve it mm -hmm. then you remove yourself like, it's that simple. Um, and I know it seems super scary where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what I'm going to do. But things things have a really weird way of working out if you put in the work. A lot of people fall prey to that fear of the unknown. And I see you being a, a, a human being that leans into that in order to push past that fear and step into the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, super courageous woman, uh, phenomenal friend. From what I understand, based on what your partner said about you, you're a great partner. Um, just a great human being. I, I really love the fact that you've been so open with us today. Um, I love that we've been able to capture some of your story. Uh, I'm hoping that we really get a chance to offer this up to people who are walking through some of those same challenges that you've worked to overcome. Uh, if there was one thing that you would want to make sure that, you know, our listeners and viewers actually got a chance to hear from you, what would that be? Um, this is something that you and I were actually just talking about yesterday, but it's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned throughout my entire career is you have to advocate for yourself mm -hmm. in every situation. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you're not being heard at work, like advocate for yourself. Like don't don't go straight to like the C-suite and be like, hey, this person <laughs> <laughs> was mean to me. Right. But you know, like talk about your success, talk about um, the challenges that you've overcome, be open and be honest with people because that authenticity will get you really far. So um, yeah, if you're put in a situation where you're feeling undervalued, um, just show them like you're a kick-ass person and you can do whatever. So, um, and I hate advocating for myself because I think like, oh, it's it's self-promotion. Like it, it feels gross. It feels weird doing it, um, but it'll it'll get you really far. So, shy salesmen have skinny children. Shy salesmen have skinny children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just say it and watch people like, it, like catch that. That's I get not, it. Those aren't my words. I think that was uh, either Dale Carnegie or uh, 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 
whatever, one of the major sales gurus from before. So I wanted to say that to you. But that's that's exactly right. Like we literally like on my Slack channels, like where I message people like my boss was, you know, like getting on to me and someone who I consider my mentor was getting on to me because I wasn't doing enough like self-promotion in the channels. Like and I was like, I don't want to send this to like 200 people and then like have them be like, who is this? And she was like, that's how people get to know you. And not just that, like in major companies, they don't know the resources that they have within their team. Exactly. Um, one of the challenges that I had with that I have with a company currently is having the, the leaders communicate more effectively so they can share their respective resources with each other. Somebody's really good at sales techniques. Another person's really good at motivating staff. I mean, like all these things that they have and they, they don't communicate communicate intra-departmentally. Yeah. So it's super important that they communicate well just as well as you communicate to them what you have to offer in order to help. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They'll never know. And then they wind up hiring like somebody that's going to come in and tell you how to do it. And you're like. You're like, I've known how to do this for forever. But the people, you know, if you're in a company of a thousand people, they don't know. They really don't. They don't. They really don't. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's another message that can actually be conveyed to to the, the listeners and viewers, um, self-advocacy. Yeah. Gabby, I really appreciate your time today. I'm hoping that uh, we get a chance to talk again soon. I'd love to dig more into your brain about uh, your experience in the corporate world uh, compared to being a barista. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Cliff. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And that'll wrap it up for us on Cliff Notes. You've just watched another episode with our special, special guest, Miss Gabby Delgado. Thank you for listening and thank you for viewing. We'll see you next week.